There is no denying the impact that Sir Aperana Ngata had upon Te Ao Māori, none more so than his own community in Ngāti Porau. It's been 64 years since the death of Sir Aperana Ngata, but his work and service to his people is still acknowledged at the Ngata Memorial Lectures. This year, the lectures were held at Te Papatongariwa in Wellington. It's an event where fellow Ngāti Porau paid tribute to the work by Apirana, which ranged from to composition to education. There is around 11,000 Ngāti Porau who now call Wellington home. Some have lived there for a number of years. Arapata Hakiwai is Acting Chief Executive and Kaihautu at Te Papa Tongariwa. He talked about the legacy of Su Apirana Ngata from a Māori arts perspective. The enormous revival of Māori arts and crafts spearheaded by Ngata had a great deal to do with affirming Māori identity. He was extremely significant in that he was able to straddle both worlds, two worlds. He was a link back into that ancient Māori world and he was a link forward into the modern international one. He was a colossus. Just to give you a sense, I suppose, of uh, how busy he was and uh, some have alluded to the, uh, the sheer number of, of projects that he was involved with, this is a letter that uh, Ngata wrote to the director of the Dominion Museum in 1935. And I'll just read it because it gives you a sense of how busy he was. And this is just touching on it. Carving Shared Money Purpose Fund, but the board has approved this being proceeded and we are waiting arrangements about the site. If satisfactory, the building should be finished next month and the panels can be sewn there in, in December. Our something, not quite you, our something will not finish at the Bay of Islands until the end of December, when all being well, they may be ready to start slabs in the new shed early in the new year. The following work is in sight for these. Carving slabs for the Tūranga house, and that's Tauki Tūranga upstairs. Carvings for the Whangara house, 66 feet by 28 modelled on the Tūranga house. Carvings. Light carvings for three dining halls on the east coast. Eight Maui wall slabs, that's uh, the uh, Whareinui and Taranaki. Eight gable slabs and special putty for the Waitara house. Carvings for a house 66 feet by 28 feet at Kaiuku Mahia. The sheer number of Whareinui projects undertaken at or around the time is daunting, even in today's contemporary world. And I just want to just briefly there, and I said I wouldn't touch on Ngāti Parautaonga, but um, I will. Uh, <laughs> I do want to acknowledge that the Teruna Ngāti Pro, uh, uh, we worked in partnership with them in 2006, and Ray Kohere was the person, my relation Ray, who did the research there. And uh, he researched Taonga held in many New Zealand museums and some overseas. We have 300 Ngāti Pro Taonga uh, held at, uh, at Te Papa, a lot of these are through activities of the collectors and dealers, and I'll give you a bit of a sense there, just quick, quickly go through them. The um, people like Captain Bollins, Henry Hill, W. Goff, Augustus Hamilton, Sir Walter Buller, William Colenza, Fisher, Oldman, Tutanihoniho, and so on. And I'll just, just so you know who these people are. Captain Bollins, quite 5,000 Tong in 1931. Um, yeah, he had a love of the. Uh, he had a boat and he went around a fisherman and travelled extensively around the uh, around New Zealand. He spoke. Uh, he had a uh, spoke to Māori. Although he's a Pākehā, he named all his children had middle uh, Māori middle names. Henry Thomas Hill. He was uh, the former mayor of uh, of Napier, and uh, we acquired 422 uh, Taonga purchased in 1905 for 500 pounds. Is also in the inspector of schools, 
And a lot of the, you can see that he was not only an inspector of schools for Hawke's Bay, but also up the East Coast. How he acquired them, not quite sure. Golf. Uh, we purchased the museum, or the museum purchased his private collection of 33 Tonga in 1944. Golf became an interpreter in Parliament and then a lands uh, purchase officer in the Native Lands Department. And uh, he worked in uh, Wanganui, Wellington, Gisborne. We all know Walter Buller, the, uh, the well-known person in the Buller's Book of Birds. Um, he was a judge of the Native Land Court. He acquired, um, he had involved in a number of the uh, societies like Royal Society, and Buller married the daughter of Gilbert Mayer, who's quite a well-known collector dealer. Augustus Hamilton, uh, he was the director of the Colonial Museum from 1903 to 1913. He deposited a large private collection in the museum. Uh, the museum bought 400 Māori Tonga for £1,000 in 1914. James MacDonald, and uh, he was quite well known there because we'll know with the, uh, with the MacDonald films that um, who he is, has in their, their position. Well-known photographer, worked at the museum for many years, and uh, he took 2,142 photographs. Tutuniho he had a small collection uh, that the uh, museum purchased in 1907. Many of the Tonga that uh, came from Tutuniho Niho, uh, Kete Fariki, those uh, associated with fishing and agriculture. Tuta was also part, uh, resided for six months with Hori uh, Pukuhika and others at the Christchurch exhibition. And this exhibition here, we had a number of people involved there. I think that's uh, on, on the side there, you have a, a large number of well-known Mitatopupuki of Te Arawa, Peter Buckers uh, in the front there. Uh, a number of well-known people uh, like Ngatanet were involved in this. Now, just to go in terms of Ngata's involvement in the arts and culture, just like to say honoured we are at, the, at Te Papa because uh, Ngata had a very long and active involvement with our National Museum. He was appointed to our Board of Trustees of the National Art Gallery and Dominion Museum on the 1st of September 1938, and he held that for several years, to 1947. Before this, he was meeting here, he was working here, and leading large teams on Whare projects. We also know that the National Museum was also involved in some way with the early drafts of the Rauru Nui Atoi lectures. We, uh, it seems that Ngata was sending copies to some of the staff members of the old, at the old Dominion Museum. Having said that, his involvement with the National Museum goes back many years, as I said. He helped set up the Board of Ethnological Research in 1923. He was chairman of the Māori Purposes Fund Board and Māori Board of Ethnological Research. And as I said, he was actively involved in over 30 meeting houses. It's clear that culture, arts and tong have long been in the psyche and mind of this great leader. From the time that Apirana went back after a study at that great college, Te Aude College. <laughs> Aroha mai someone, I've got to put a plug in there, but I went there much of <laughs> To learn more about those things that defined us and made us who we are as Ngāti Pūrau right through to the last project before he passed away. His active involvement in the building of Whare throughout the country is a marked symbol of Ngāti's belief of the importance of language, culture and Māori identity. In many, way, Ngāti, in many ways, Ngāti Pūrau's position and stance regarding tribal Tonga in contemporary times is an extension to what Apirā Ngāti envisioned for Ngāti Pūrau and Māoridom during his time. 
Ngātasu, the value of culture in Taonga, such as Farinui, Waiata, and artifacts, is something that helped to uplift the people. Ngata was actively involved in ethnographic uh, field trips and expeditions from 1919 to 1923. And there they were studying and recording Māori ways of life, life including collecting and recording artifacts, songs, photographs, and oral recordings. These expeditions became known as the Dominion Museum Ethnographic Expeditions. So you had people like Apirana, James MacDonald, Tarangihirua. The collection of knowledge in Tonga formed an important part of Ngata's well-known strategy as expressed by Hukupukorero Etupuerea, and these were used in the Young Māori Party's programme of economic and cultural reinvigoration and to ensure that the ways of their ancestors were brought forward into Te Ao Māori, the contemporary Māori world. From 1990 to 1923, the museum undertook several of these expeditions, and I suppose it was part of that uh, salvage anthropology with the likes of uh, Alison Best, who's, who sort of said, the Māori as he was, so let's collect. Just want to quote McCarthy writes that, we see how government collecting through the Dominion Museum in Wellington, along with its fieldwork activities, and the Polynesian Society in its journal, was redirected towards Indigenous goals by Ngata at the Board of Māori and Ethnological Research. The stress on living art as opposed to dead museum Museum artefacts is clear in the Board of Museum of Ethnology Research focus on language, proverbs, oratory, ancient chants, and modern action songs. Ngata and his contemporaries were keen to use new technology to record speakers of the Māori language in connection with Archdeacon Herbert Williams' revised dictionary. But it was not just preservation of these oral arts that was at stake. The key was to marshal the material so as to maintain and revitalise them as living cultural practices in the present just as he, did, as he did for the School of Māori Arts and Crafts. Ngata saw the Māori tribal development and identity went hand in hand. Throughout his career, he pursued strategies and initiatives that were Taonga-related, yet development-focused. Ngata had a philosophy and deep conviction that culture lies at the heart of Māori development. And I just want to encode Daimiritana Ngamahi Nui Ngāta had a philosophy and deep conviction that culture lies at the heart of Māori development and his development work focused on the people to advance the social, economic and cultural dimensions. Ngāta, for example, saw development by land, of land by themselves as the best safeguard against alienation. Ngāta saw the breakdown of their culture by colonisation and, along with his close friends, strove to uplift them. Ngāta was an ardent believer in holding on to and strengthening the culture and identity of the people. This is perhaps no better illustrated in the words that he penned and have already been mentioned in the Rangi Bennett's autograph book, Etipuere. For Ngata, the future development of Māori was about retaining their cultural identity and taking advantage of what was being offered from all cultures. And I do want to quote, cite the, uh, your quote, De uh, Meditana, when you said about those words, the bicultural statement of all time, your culture is A1, but there's another corollary to that in terms of your development, that is... That is to go after the schools of the Pākehā, but he didn't say go after that at the expense of your own culture. Ngāta had a profound influence on Māori development, and along with the old boys of Te Aote College, <laughs> such as Throumo, Balnevis, Peter Buck, Māori Pōmare, strove to uplift the Māori people from the breakdown of their culture by colonisation. Ngāta saw the power of arts and culture in uplifting the spirit of the people, 
and because of the decline in Māori art, taxa, which is the Te Aute College Students Association, very early, very early on in the process, which Ngāte was a, um, a leader of that, identified the teaching of carving and tukutuku and weaving as a central to the preservation of Māori culture and identity. Rangi Nui Walker says that the paradigm for the recovery of Māori art and culture was impressed on Ngata at a young age, and I think we read the book there when, uh, when Ngata attended the opening of Parodangi, and uh, within that, uh, the words there, and um, oh, I'll come back to that. Finally, in conclusion, really this is about some whakaaro about Ngata. Yes, we have many Ngāti Pro Taonga Te Papa, and these are largely through the lives of collectors, dealers, enthusiasts, and as well as Māori leaders like Tutu Nihoniho and Suapirangata. Ngata had a long involvement with our National Museum and its activities. He saw the value of research and the engagement of the arts and culture, not as, not as an historic oddity, but as a rich resource on which development could proceed. His words, action and deeds leave us not only a rich legacy, but challenges us in today's world to do something about it. Apuroni could foresee a time when our culture would not be as strong as it once were, as it once was. Quite often during the 1920s and 1930s, when he was recording Waiata, tribal history traditions, he mentions that, quote, these are left for you in the time to come. I believe that, all, that in all his work, he was also saying and challenging us to do something about it. If you, if you care for your culture, if your language, your ancestors, your identity, don't let it come to you. You do something about it, it's not only about our past, but more importantly about the very foundations on which our future will be built. And I just want to go over the tributes paid to Siopirangata on his death are very ref reflexive. The Prime Minister, Mr Holland, said this in 1950, quote, as a personality, he was magnetic and unique. He had complete integrity and utter fearlessness. He had rich gifts of oratory both in English and Māori. On contemporary New Zealand history, he made his mark by sheer force of character and supreme genius. The Minister of Māori Affairs at the time, Mr Corbett, said this. In all things, Suapirangata was first and foremost a Māori. He always leaned upon the solid foundation of the culture of his people. He was the last of his kind. Young Māoris of the future will no doubt match his academic achievements, but never again will such profound knowledge of both Pākehā and Māori be combined in the one man. This is perhaps the most serious and irreparable loss suffered by the Māori people. Peter Fraser, who was the Prime Minister up until 1949, said this. He was a brilliant and versatile man. He was a master of the English language as well as the Māori. As a minister, he was energetic forceful and effectively progressive. His laying of the foundation of land settlement and his ushing forward of land consolidation were striking examples of the practical enforcement of his ministerial powers. In the front rank of parliamentarians, he could use his knowledge effectively either to promote or retard the business of the House according to the requirements of his party. Suapirana's work for the Māori people was monumental and will endure. And I just want to end with the words that uh, Ranginui Walker cited in his book on Hetipua, that Suapirangata uh, was a national and international icon. And yes, he was a colossus, striding two worlds, but fiercely Ngāti Pro first and fiercely Māori. Kia ora.
Tēnei te mihiki a koe Arapata Hakiwai, Acting Chief Executive and Kaihautu at Te Papa Tongarewa.